Well, hello and welcome to the very first Admirals podcast. It is so new that we don't really have a name for it as of yet, other than the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Are we going to keep it there? I'm Aaron Sims. Charlie Larson is here. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Aaron. Nice to see you. You, you too. Uh, so have we... we I, you and I had sat down and we thought we should do a podcast. Because everybody's doing podcasts. Everybody's doing podcasts and we want to give fans, especially in this 50th season of Milwaukee Admirals Hockey, we thought that it would be a good idea to start telling stories of Milwaukee Admirals lore yeah. that that maybe people haven't heard before. Right. And that's the, that was the impetus of this broadcast. For sure. Um but we did all of that. We had a meet. We had informal meetings, and we talked about this. But we never thought of a name. Right. I was, <laughs> I've, I've actually been. And that almost, never occurred to me until we hit record. Yeah, I th- I thought uh, I just saw Texas Stars uh, had their inaugural broadcast last mm-hmm. week, and they didn't have a name for it either, except the Texas Stars podcast. Yeah. And that made me feel a little bit better about ourselves that we weren't going to be. Uh, I'm not very creative, so like I'd come up with some dumb, alliterative, try-and-rhyme podcast with... Well, maybe we should open it up to Twitter, that if you have an idea... I was going to say the same thing. Let us know. Not just Twitter, any... Any social media or phone calls or whatever, the email, whatever. Uh, But the one that I was thinking of, and and, and we can't use it because somebody else does, they use it in the Twin Cities for the Minnesota Twins podcast, uh, or a podcast about the Minnesota Twins. Um, and one of their great players is Kirby Puckett. Yeah. Now, Puck makes sense with us because yeah. it's a hockey puck, right? But they ripped off the, uh, or paid homage, if you will, uh, the Bill O'Reilly tantrum where he was screaming, the, the famous Bill O'Reilly, he's doing his, I think he was on uh, Inside Edition Inside at the Edition, time, right? Inside Edition, for sure, yeah. And he didn't, uh, he didn't know what they were, and they ended up being, it, they were going to a Sting concert. Here's music from Sting. is what. So he's trying to record this and he has no idea what he's talking about and finally he says bleep it we'll do it live and that's the name of the podcast up there is puck it we'll do it live and i thought that would be good for a that hockey would, podcast right puck it, puck it we'll yeah. do it live right uh but I, now that's sort of been taken it's a different spelling and it's a different meaning but it's I it's it, it's it's a homonym. Yeah. It's you know, and and so maybe we maybe we don't do it that that. No, we'll come up with up with some other way. We'll to, have to uh, figure out a way to be clever to use a and swear witty. words. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because because we're very juvenile. Podcasts podcasts are all about cursing, as yeah. we know. So. Uh, but anyway, that's what we thought. Let's let's get. There are a, a lot of stories. Um, that are out there about the Milwaukee Admirals that over the rest of this season, and hopefully longer than the rest of this season, hopefully this will continue for several months, if not years. But there are a lot of stories, obviously, that could fill up podcasts that people have never heard these stories. For sure. Uh, Even if they have, maybe we'll find the person to add a little bit more who was there. The other side of it. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, and, and and do that. And I think I think people are really going to get a gas out of this. For sure. And I, I think it's not, most of these are going to be, they're not on the ice. Right. This stuff is coming right. off the ice. Right, exactly. Right, it could be an anecdote of something that started on the ice. Right. But all these things are going to be off the ice, and most of them probably don't even have much to do with hockey per se. Right. It's the way, it's the personalities, because there have been some interesting personalities and I hope to get even beyond, yeah, this is an Admiral's podcast, but let's hear some stories from guys 
you know, hey, I was playing for another team. <laughs> you won't believe what happened. Right, right. Well, and, and I think of Stu Grimson, who did Nashville Predators, the Admiral's Parent Club. Stu Grimson has a book coming out. Yeah. It would be wonderful to hear from Stu Grimson. He told a story with, uh, with Mike Wojciechowski and I. Uh, Stu Grimson was talking about a story. I, I, said, I should have said me, excuse me. But uh, Stu Grimson told a story about playing the one year at Wilson Park uh, between playing at the, the arena and the Bradley Center. Sure, so that 87-88 season when the Admirals were just horrible. Horrible. Phil Willis uh, almost dies in a car crash. <laughs> yeah. The team loses 19 games in a row, yeah. wins a game 6-5 to five in a shootout, and then loses 12 more in a row. It's the Joe DiMaggio streak. Yeah, right. He, he, he <laughs> 56 straight, he goes over because Ken Keltner makes a play, and then he hits another 12 or 13 or, or whatever. whatever yeah. it was, yeah. uh, so, but, but Stu talked about the boards only came up to like above his knee. <laughs> at, at Wilson Park, and that's that's the one thing he remembered. And right. I thought, you know, that's that's kind of a humorous anecdote. Not that there was much more to it than that, but uh, there are a lot of things out there like that, and funnier and more vulgar that we can clean up and put here, and people will really get a kick out of it. Ah, uh, for sure. All for right. Sure. So we've done that for six minutes now to talk about what we are hoping to do. Uh, you can find this on the Admiral's website. Yep. You will also be able to find it pretty much wherever. If you're listening to podcasts, wherever it may be, you should be able to find it It'll be wherever. up on iTunes, yep. Uh, so I guess right now we'll go with the working title, Milwaukee Admiral's Podcast, just for that purpose, for now, right? right. It's sort of like when you have a kid and you don't really want to name it for <laughs> right, about a week right, or two. Right, you, right. you throw it out to the family, what should we name this mm -hmm. kid? Uh, and that usually Did you wait a week well. or two? No, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm the guy who's so arrogant that he's got to name his own kid after himself. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's I think good. I think a lot of myself. Yeah. And so my son is the fourth. I'm the third. And it just so happened, actually, that my grandfather passed away in August. He was 101. And we had hemmed and hawed, and we had come to the decision, we're going to name our son Charles Larson the fourth, Charles Larson the fourth. But we hadn't told anybody. And then my grandpa died, and at his dinner or his luncheon after that, he passed uh, away yeah. i got up i said oh you know hey there's always been three charles larsons well there's going to be three charles larsons again and everyone you know was you got a happy. big round of applause because it was all about me right exactly I needed you the turned attention. you turned the i turned my of a 101 year old <laughs> navy veteran mayor <laughs> yeah, of port yeah. washington yeah very famous man uh i turned the attention on me. to yourself good for you yeah good for you well you are in pr and yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, and that's the game uh the uh, so wherever you be able to find you, you can find a podcast. You should be able to find the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Um, this is airing right before you'll be able to start to listen to this. I should say right before training camp starts in Milwaukee. They've been in Nashville. It's going to be interesting to see who exactly is here because some of these young guys are making a push uh, for spots, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, who is going to be here. Um, we should. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a fun season. There are a couple of exhibition games on Thursday, the twenty sixth. Is that right? And, the, the and Saturday the twenty eighth. Yeah, and Saturday the twenty eighth at six. Okay. So uh, the one, Tucson. the Thursday one is Chicago, is against Chicago yep. at Panther Arena, and the Saturday one is at six against the Tucson Roadrunners. Yep. First ever matchup against the first, Tucson Roadrunners. First ever matchup against the Tucson Roadrunners, and you're going to see a lot of guys in these games yeah. that are going to be on the team. Right. You're going to see, a, a, you know, some of the guys that aren't as well. Right. But we always, you know, the, the, the big name Admiral players always play in, you know, one or two of these ga uh, yeah. exhibition games just because we don't have, we're not bringing 80 guys this into training This isn't a 50-person training camp, exactly. Right. I think we have five, 
five or six, uh, I should know this, I should be prepared for our first podcast. We have five or six free agent invitees coming into training camp. But besides that, these are all guys that are signed by Nashville for uh, either, you know, to battle for a spot in Nashville and then for the Admirals and then also to fill out the roster. Top of your head quickly. Florida top of your, Everblades. Top of your, yes, for Florida, the, EC, the new ECHL new affiliate. affiliate yeah. uh, top of your head, who is the biggest name invitee we've had in your, uh, your time? Well, it's this year, Felix Girard. Well, He's, and that's public known? That's, uh, it is now. Say that? Yeah, 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 it yeah, is yeah. now. Uh, Felix Girard, who w- is coming here on a tryout, um, and we'll see what happens. You yeah. know, Felix, we know Felix is a really good player, yeah. so it's a matter of can he come to a contract uh, yeah. uh, agreement, Because realize, realize the politics that are in play right yeah. now. There are young players Nashville needs to develop. They right. know what Felix is all about, and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, but Felix is really going to have to be the best player to get the to contract, get it, yeah. I would think. And right? he's not going to get an NHL deal. No. Nashville's no. got 50 NHL contracts they can give out. Yep. And, and I think uh, they're I think at 45 46. or 46. Yeah. yeah. So he's not, you know, he's gone past his prospect uh, yes. time. He's yes. a veteran now, and but we know he's a great player. Yes. Yes. So that'll be interesting. I was going to say, uh, without saying Felix, David Moss. David Moss, yeah. David geez. Moss married a, a woman from Waukesha, yeah. even. And uh, so he was excited at the prospect of playing potentially in, coming in this here. This is a guy who scored 20 goals in the NHL, National Hockey yeah. League with Calgary. He he's with Omaha. He right. played college at Michigan. Uh, a good player. I was really was really saddened when they didn't sign they, him. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But there again, you've got you know just a, a lot, a lot of bodies uh, that you have to prepare to get to the next level. And at that time, you're probably talking Nick Spalling and. And, and Colin Wilson, maybe, and, yeah. and players like that. I mean, we're going back almost 10, ten years. 10 years, yeah, really. Um, Nick Spalling so. is retired. <laughs> right, Mike Santarelli. Mike Santarelli, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the list goes on. Speaking of retirement, um, there were three former admirals who retired this summer, three, three in particular that I wanted to touch on because of the impact they have made in their communities. One was Cody Bass, yeah. who was such a good guy and such a straight shooter, and wore his heart on his sleeve and would do literally, and I'm not using that as uh, literally, I'm saying literally, would do anything for a teammate or somebody he knew. Um, he ended up uh, calling it a career after a pretty good one. He Obviously, he, he, fans of, of the Admirals know that he dealt with a lot of injuries over the last few seasons in his career. But uh, a great career. He won a championship, and again, he would do anything he for anybody. He was the community. He was the AHL Man of the Year. Yeah. He was So the great skate that we do now, we do that because Cody of Cody Bass because he came to Milwaukee. and he I did sa- not know that. Yeah, he said to me, here's what I did. I said, you know, I was curious because – as a PR guy, it's, you want to know what's been going on. I want to know what's been going on, and it's a goal of mine to you know get us out in the community and do new stuff. Right. And he, I said, "What did you do? How did you do this?" He said, "Well, we brought out a fire truck and we flooded a baseball field and we had food trucks around and all this and that." And I, and it just got me thinking, like, how can we replicate that? Yeah. Uh, this was in Binghamton. I think it must. I don't know if it was the year that they won the title or not. It could have been. That's already eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Anyways, so I thought, how can we do that? And I, I couldn't get us into the, you know, flooding uh, a field, right. uh, a baseball field to do it. So, but we have Red Arrow Park. It's two blocks from us. Right. And so 
Cody was the the impetus to the great skate. And obviously Grand Rapids does it. They do it. It's 24 hours, and right. we're never going 24 hours. <clears throat> right. I mean, what they do is great, yeah. and, but it's their event, and we're not going to – you know, they, there's the old saying that there's never any new idea in marketing. It's just copying somebody and putting your own spin on it. Um, and so we took Cody's idea and, you know, have made it into to something here. That's great. That's great. The, other, the next one I want to talk about is Bracken Kearns, who I think – you talk about man of the year. I think he was the Admirals man of the year in his one season his here, one right? one season here, his rookie year here. 06, yeah. 07. Yeah. Um, but, but real quick story. We said that we were going to tell stories uh, that people may not know, and we're going long here, and I apologize if it seems like we're going too long. Uh, Bracken Kearns played one season for the Admirals. When we were in San Antonio, and it was cold. Nobody brought their winter jackets. It was January. It was happened to be my birthday. Um, so it was middle of January. We were in San Antonio. Bracken invited me out to eat, and I said, I can't. I need to send some money home. There was a Western Union down the street in the bus station in San Antonio where we played, or where we stayed, um, and we stayed on the Riverwalk, kind of on one end of the Riverwalk. So I had to walk to the bus station and send money home to my then wife, my first wife, who was had been dealing with cancer. Um because there, so, no <laughs> there was no Venmo. There was no Venmo, no, and we wouldn't have had the, yeah, to, to do that with a flip phone would have been something else. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting the numbers several times to get, yeah. to get the uh, email right. address And then you went there. past the number exactly. and it's all you got to start yeah, again. Oh, it's it's all of a sudden you're sending $60 to somebody else, and yeah. Um, so I, I was going to do that, and, and he understood that, right? So a few years later, uh, he was playing for Rockford, and this is the 2009-10 season. And uh, I only had one season with Bracken. He was wonderful, and he, he, he just there, there he was, man of the year. I mean, this is a kid who was the best golf golfer in Canada when he was a young he man. Was. He was. He uh, was. But so, always loved hockey. Right. He had a, a, a for golfers. He had a negative handicap. Yeah. So like he was so good that they had to add strokes to get him back to his average score. <laughs> exactly. Of exactly. That's how good he was. So Bracken Kearns was the best golfer as a youth in Canada. Legitimately the number one National ranked champion. golfer in, in Canada. Uh, his dad played 10 years for the Vancouver Canucks. So Bracken got to c- hockey late. He was 25, 26-year-old rookie by the time he got to Milwaukee. Because he went to college. Because he went to four years in college, and most of the hockey players in Canada for college, they wait till after their junior careers are done and see if they get a pro sniff, and if not, then they'll go to school. They get money to in juniors to use for a college education. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Bracken ever played WHL or anything no, like no, that. No, I think he, he just ended up going to college. Yeah, he, to Calgary. He, got, uh, he quit a junior A team. Okay, so it wasn't a major right. junior team. No. So Bracken goes, plays four years at Calgary. He becomes a pro. He plays Toledo in the ECHL. Right. And then the next year, and has a very good year, and then he ends up with Milwaukee. He led the team in games played that year. He played 79 out of the, out of the 80, 80 games, games yeah. mostly with Kelsey Wilson and Brandon Siegel on his wings. Um, so anyway, all of this being said, three years later, Bracken's playing for um, Rockford in the Chicago organization, and I don't think he had an NHL contract at the time. I, I don't think, think he was so still either. on an American League deal. Um and I see him and, and uh, asked how th- he asked how things were going, and I said that my wife had passed. And uh, he says, oh, sorry about that. And I said, you know, that's, that's how it goes. And we talked a little bit more. And uh, the next game we were in Rockford, which may have been, it may have been the next night. It may have been three weeks later. Yeah. I don't remember. But the P8 announcer, uh, no, it was Mike Peck, the, the radio announcer. Mike Peck at the time uh, was the radio guy at the time. Mike is still there. Mike gave me a check for $250 from Bracken Kearns 
uh, in memory of my wife. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. Which was yeah exactly. And you hadn't heard that. I, I hadn't, hadn't told heard that you that. You, so m- Bracken, you might have, and you know. I yeah. So Bracken, Bracken, I've always I, I loved the guy when he was here, and then that even you know because he's he's really the only one that. And not that I'm looking for it, right? But right. it was a, it was such a thoughtful gesture. Yeah, that you never that, would have. Uh, uh, you know, and like I said, it was one year, three years ago. Yeah. And uh, but he did that, and you saw him at the All Star Game a couple of years ago now. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't Remembered been nicer. everybody and and all of that. So yeah, and I. I said to him, hey, can I interview in the middle of the intermission while you're playing this game? And <laughs> Yeah, no problem. He could, could not have been nicer. I hadn't seen him, you know, probably since he played for Rockford. Sure. Because then he went out west. He, he played did. for San Jose. And and in a, yeah, exactly. He had the one year in San Jose. That's where he made his NHL debut was with San, San Jose. Jose. Yeah. And then he played a little bit with Florida, right? I think so. In the NHL. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Bracken Curran's retired, uh, another guy that we love. And then the third guy is Mike McKenna, who... Uh, interestingly, played perhaps the worst game in Admirals history. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, hey, we had the 87-88 st- season. That's so. true. But statistically, it may be the single worst game in Admirals history. It was a Sunday afternoon at home, a 3-3, three and three, if yep. I'm not mistaken, yep. against Grand Rapids. Scott Reed must have been hurt. No, Carl. Because uh, Carl was the backup that day, and Pekka was still injured. Pekka, Pekka was, still was still injured. Yep. He Carl started Garing. that year. And and Scott Reed started the year as the backup with with Carl Gehring. Yeah, and Scott Reed was a wonderful guy too. Uh, but Mike McKenna was having an unbelievable year in Las Vegas. Yeah, unbelievable. He finished like thirty one and four, playing in the ECHL for Las Vegas that year. So he comes to Milwaukee. He gives up three goals on four shots in that one game, and it's uh, against the Grand Rapids Griffins on December seventeenth, two thousand six. Um. So 25% save percentage, 15.72 goals against average in 11 minutes and 27 seconds. But even through all that, Grand Rapids only led 4-3 to three after the first, and the Admirals come back to win 8-5. to five. I, I think they scored the first three goals, <laughs> and we came back. like they, they scored those so quickly, yeah. and we came back to win it 8-5, to five, like yeah. you say. And the, the goals in that game. And, and Jimmy Howard gave up all eight, by the way, for the Griffins Did he really? in that game. Yeah. Uh, I think he was 23 of 31. The Admirals went four for six on the power play. The Griffins, two for six. There were Each team scored a shorthanded goal. So eight of the 13 goals were special teams goals. Uh, Jason Guerrero had two goals and an assist. Cal O'Reilly had a, like, the prototypical Cal O'Reilly game. Although he's gotten older and he shoots the puck now. Right. But he had three assists and no shots on goal. <laughs> Sheldon Brookbank had three assists. Kevin Klein, Paul Brown, and Ramsey Abid each had a goal and an assist. And the other goals were John Vigilante, Kelsey Wilson, and Rich Peverly. Miko Lettinen, Brandon Mikko Siegel, Lettinen. Alex Henry, Bracken Kearns, Nolan Yonkman also had assists in that game. That, was that our whole two didn't have a point? That's it's, what I want to know. Yeah. I, I mean, you score eight goals. That's uh, potential. TJ Reynolds did not. Oh, TJ Reynolds. Yeah. There was there seven defensemen in that game. Uh, how many did I Victor Uchevatov. Victor played in that game. Did he he did not game? have a point. Yeah, Victor Uchevatov. Yep, he did not have a point in that game. But anyway, uh, it's the only game he played. And earlier this summer, somebody made a wisecrack to Mike McKenna on Twitter. And Mike McKenna just retired, as we mentioned. Uh, that's the reason we're talking about him. And he has built up uh, a pretty good name in the media. He does a, a wonderful podcast. Yeah. Um, his Twitter is really good. His Twitter is fantastic. He'll live tweet games and, and give his opinion. He answers fans. Uh, he has built that into he, – he was, he was uh, the player's rep 
for his hockey team wherever he was. Yeah. Uh, he was a big shot with the PHPA. We're going to ask John Greenberg <coughs> a story about Mike about McKenna Mike when he McKenna. comes in here because it's a good one. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, he's built all of that. He's now doing uh, analyst work for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so he's kind of going full circle. He yeah. started his pro career in Vegas. Uh, and now he's going there to, to broadcast the games at the NHL level, not the ECHL level. But Mike McKenna, somewhere on Twitter this summer, uh, somebody jabbed him a little bit about his horrible game with Milwaukee, and he f- kind of fought back. And the guy then said, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything by it. And Mike McKenna, in an in a unbelievable frank mo- unbelievably frank moment, said, you know what, I... I thought my career was over after that game. I didn't know if I would ever get another shot to play in the American Hockey League because I was so poor and I got pulled and all of that. And uh, it, it was it was really interesting that he opened up like that on uh, on social on media. So, right, absolutely. Where everybody like, can see. It was directed at one person, but he, he opened up and said that to, to one person on social media. So that was that was real interesting to me. The uh, and, and he went on to have a really good Played career. Played in the NHL. Played many games he in is. the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I just looked up his stats because, yeah. again, I didn't do any prep for this. Uh, I forgot he's from St. Louis. He is. Uh, so, you know... There's been quite an influx of St. Louisians. Is that what you call it? He's kind of the first one. Yeah. He's, he's in that first grouping because he's 35 years old right. now. But he had Lindsey Middlebrook as a co- as a development coach sure, who played for the Admiral Admirals Goalie. in the yeah. middle of the mid-80s. Yeah, uh, right about the time McKenna was born, actually. Middlebrook, I think, was here in 85, 86, I believe. Uh, after the year after, after the, the Blackhawks Black there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, it's yeah, he's had a, he had a, he had a wonderful career. Um so those three guys I wanted to highlight because they were just good people. Yeah, and, and we never—I don't know that we ever saw. We—I don't think we ever played against Mike McKenna. I tried after to, that. I, I, I tried to look because he never. It seemed like he was out east. No, uh, in he, Peoria. Played in Peoria. he played in Peoria. He played in Peoria. He did play in Peoria because he sure. played in Texas, but we didn't. It, it seemed like we never saw him when he was in Texas that last season. Yeah, in eight, seventeen, um, eighteen, because he was and, the backup, and uh, he was in Omaha for two games. The year he played, he played one game for the Admirals, and then uh, later on he ended up playing two games in Omaha. For the Oxarban Knights. Oh six, oh seven. yeah. Um, and I don't know, uh, Matt, C- Curtis McElhenney may have been recalled, or Brent Cron was the other goalie Brent they Cron. had back then. Oh, so, um, so, But the, anyway, uh, we wanted to highlight those, th- those three. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's segment one of our podcast, the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Have we won any awards it yet? It took, it's, yet. you know what, if this was a sitcom, we'd already be over. This is this would be the show, <laughs> but we're going to give you more show. Yeah, because you want, you've been asking for it. Exactly. People have been asking for it. Exactly. So we are going to bring in the president of the Milwaukee Admirals, John Greenberg, and that is coming up after this fade in of music. All right, after that musical fade in and fade out, we are back uh, with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, the first ever Milwaukee Admirals podcast, titled Milwaukee Admirals Podcast, uh, (laughs) because we're clever like that. Uh, And our first ever guest is the president of the Milwaukee Admirals, John Greenberg. John, thank you for doing this uh, again. Um, We really appreciate that. We did have some, you know, in all truthfulness, yep. we had a few technical difficulties. 100% transparent. Yes, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, and I, I, so I'm just grateful for the opportunity, guys. And this is for your second opportunity. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I, this Merv uh, Griffin furniture is even more comfortable than let's, it was the first let's, time. Let's uh, let's be honest. There was a lot of stuff we could clean up from that first time <laughs> yeah. we tried this. Yeah. So let's let's let's. If just somebody do it. would have told me that I wasn't allowed to say those <laughs> well, things. Yeah, I, yeah you know. exactly. I was like, we bring in the president of the team and we get Dice Clay in here. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't know you knew that many nursery <laughs> rhymes. Hey. That's my really mom amazing. was quite a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, that was my dad. That sorry. Was your, right. <laughs> my mom, if she hears this, I'm sorry, mother. Yeah. We said uh, at the outset of this program that we wanted to do this podcast. Uh, this happens to be the perfect time with 50 years of Milwaukee Admirals, 50 seasons of Milwaukee Admirals hockey. Uh, people know the games. People remember moments in games and all of that stuff. We kind of wanted to do the stuff behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, and I and I want to ask to start things off uh, in in thinking of Jim Bouton's Ball 4, Jerry Kramer's Instant Replay, books like that which are 50 years old as well. Um, is there a is there a safe spot? Is there a, a sanctity of a locker room? Did you do you do did you notice that uh, in your time, it's been 15 years now since you worked for the Brewers for, uh, all the time. But uh, have you, did you notice it back then that there was there were things you just you didn't say or guys were guarded or anything like that? Well, back then, I, I think uh, you know it was pre-social media uh, when I was in baseball, especially when I started my career as a bat boy back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, the locker room was the place where guys went to. Screw around, yeah. You know, and they didn't put their game face on until they went out for batting practice, and then at that point, then it was like, okay, now it's time to get ready for the game. But the guys are at the ballpark for hours. Yeah, I mean, they, you don't just show up and put your uniform on and go hit. It, it's it's uh, so for a seven o'clock game at County Stadium or Miller Park, for that matter. Uh, when when would guys show up? Two to, two to three o'clock. So usually. it's a it's a ten hour day yeah. for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and you know sometimes guys go out for early hitting. It was a voluntary thing. You go out if you wanted to yeah. or do whatever. But a lot of times guys would come in. They get whatever treatment they wanted. They would just hang out with their teammates. They'd sit on the couch and watch another game that was on the TV yeah. or uh, that sort of thing. They would play cards. Yeah. They would just hang out, you know, and eat from the spread. Yes, which the spread these days is a lot different than the spread uh, <laughs> back in the 80s, you know. Um, we didn't have chefs in the locker room back when I was doing that. How did they get the food? Ray King would grill it on his George Foreman grill. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's <laughs> how he would do it. <laughs> you uh, or Ezra Johnson would ask a kid for a hot dog. That's right. <laughs> oh, I, I, there were many times I got sent out I, when I was a bat boy at County Stadium to walk across the concourse because the visiting clubhouse was on concourse level. It wasn't down underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a concession stand right across the uh, concourse. So I'd be there in my Bat Boy uniform, you know, <laughs> and just some player would give me 50 bucks to walk out and say, hey, go give me a couple of brats. Yeah. And I'd go and say, would you like secret stadium sauce on those? And <laughs> they're like, yeah, of course I would. They'd go to get them and bring the change back. And they're like, no, keep the change. Most lucrative thing ever. Wow. You know? you know, what was it brought at that time? Two bucks? dollar fifty or $2. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I sorry to interrupt. When I was a kid, my dad and I would go to Appleton Fox's games. They were the pre-runner of the Wisconsin Timberwolves, right. who is now the Brewers affiliate. Right. Back then, they were affiliated with the Mariners, right. the White Sox. Anyways, I'm sitting there, and the bullpen was literally like a bench with yeah. a little covering on it. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. was it. That's the bullpen. And there's the guys are just you know, they're pretty much screwing around, I assume. Uh, I'm probably 8 or 10 years old. And all of a sudden, uh, the guy says to me, hey, kid. 
come here. Oh, me? Yeah, hey, sure. Yeah, so I go over there. He says, I'll give you this shiny new baseball if you go and get me a nachos. <laughs> I didn't have any money. Yeah, right. Right. That's not a good deal. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference between class A and the majors. Yeah, well. <laughs> so I'll give you a baseball. So I went to the my dad. The barter system is long gone. Uh, was, I went to my dad. I was like, hey, can, I, can, I, can I get some money for nachos? <laughs> Of course, he said, yeah. So I went and got this guy some nachos. He got some free nachos because he took a ball from – I can't remember even if it was the Foxes or the team they were playing. Just took a ball out of the bucket. He's like, here you go. And I gave him the nachos, and he ate the nachos. And, and that guy turned out to be David Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did see – I did run into Jose Canseco's brother, Ozzy Canseco. Ozzy, yeah. On the uh, – not the well, – lack for lack of a better term, Fox City Stadium uh, now is beautiful, but back then it was Goodland – Goodland, Goodman Field, I don't know. But they had to walk from the players' clubhouse. They had to walk through all the concession stands sure. to get there. Sure. So you could, you know, kick them and tell them what a terrible <laughs> right, player right, that right, never right, getting right. past single A or whatever. Anyways, continue on with your major league stories <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm done with my minor league That's stories. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, so you do that. You go get uh, the brats. But we were talking about um, – whether there's a, a a safety in a clubhouse or anything like that, if it if it is a locker room for football, a hockey, basketball, whatever, if it's a if it is indeed still a safe spot with social media being what it is and and all of that. Yeah, I think you know it is. I mean, the the, the amount of time the players spend in locker rooms, um, the amount of social media that these guys are taking part in themselves. Um, uh, you know, our guys get taught by Charlie uh, how to do social media, what to do, what not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are team rules for all that sort of thing. Uh, but there's still Imposed of- by the team or by Nashville or by Coach Taylor or a combination thereof? All of the above. Yeah. And the NHL hosts, uh, they, for at least, especially Symposiums? The, yeah, the symposiums, a wonderful word, a wonderful term, <laughs> uh, where they tell these guys, you know. the Just be y- smart. Be smart. You are suddenly, ca- you are suddenly... Uh, maybe you're you're very wealthy, probably compared to what you were. Yeah. But you're still 19 or 20 or 21 years yeah, old, yeah. and people are going to try and take advantage of you. Yeah. Not just from a mon- monetary standpoint, but they're going to take videos of you, and well, they're going to use TMZ your social media. It's a society, yeah. For sure, for sure. So uh, ultimately, the rules come from Nashville. We have different. The Admirals have their own team rules, certainly, um, but those are created with the help of. You know, with Carl Taylor and our general manager Scott Nickel, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're consistent with what the Predators team rules would be as well. Okay. Yeah, and our thing here is you represent the Admirals at all times. Yeah, and that goes from the guys in the locker room to everybody here in the front office. Um, if you're out there, you know, you, the last thing you want is that news story coming out that says so and so who works for the Milwaukee Admirals right. was caught doing yeah, exactly years. right. You don't yeah. want that, yeah. and uh, it's going to happen. People are going to associate it because, you know, working for a sports team is a sexy thing. Right. Um, and you get sometimes lumped together because you work for a sports team, maybe unfairly, but we don't want you doing that. And right. so in terms of just the, the interaction that guys have, uh, you know, I think they still have plenty of fun in the locker rooms, but I think when they leave the, the uh, office, so to speak, and go home, that's when they go out and have a good time and do things. And then, yeah, you know, we have to remind them, you know, other people may have cameras out there. Like you said, it's a TMZ society, you know, so just be careful what you're doing. Right, absolutely. And you, I mean, um, along those lines, you ran must have run into some really unique characters working for 22 years in baseball. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Would you care to elaborate on some of those characters? <laughs> well, I had a, lot, a really great experience because starting as a bat boy, I started in the Brewers Clubhouse uh, my first year in 1984. I was there for two months, and I was the first bat boy to ever be traded. Did you so, know – I'm sorry to interrupt. But did you know uh, what you wanted to do with your life when you became a bat boy? Did you know that, that you would end up going down the road – Specifically, the PR, maybe not the president of a sports team, but the, specifically the public relations of a sports team or a media uh, relations. That evolved while I was in college. Uh, okay. I originally wanted to be a broadcaster. Okay. Uh, I certainly was not good enough for that, and uh, changed gears early on in my college career and switched over to journalism. Okay. And then had an experience in journalism that actually took place in this arena, in Panther Arena, that changed my mindset for that. And switch me over to PR. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, it was a lot of different things. That, but when I started as a bat boy, you know, journalism was a you – know, I, I loved reading the newspaper when I was a kid. Um, I, I used to uh, – when I was in eighth grade, uh, me and a, one of my uh, classmates, a kid named uh, Jim Stefanski, he and I did a Super Bowl magazine. Nice. That, that he and I did together that we – um, whenever you know the teams were coming up for the Super Bowl, we we come up with the rosters. We did our own scouting reports that we put in there. We <laughs> did all awesome. this, and then we we he was a really good artist, and he made the cover. So he'd draw the two teams' helmets and everything else, and then you know we'd photocopy um, probably twenty five copies of this and pass it out to relatives awesome. and friends and stuff like that. So you know, journalism was kind of a fun. I thought that was a good direction to go right. in. And, I thought I could talk, uh, which, you know, I, I one day I had an opportunity to shadow um, a guy named Bob Bach, and Bob was the voice of Marquette Basketball, and he was on WISN at the time, and uh, I had to be there at 4 o'clock in the morning to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Strike one. Yeah. <laughs> and so I never, you know, I, I, I have a hard enough to- time talking in the middle of the day, four o'clock in the morning, there yeah. was no chance. And, yeah. You know, he's cutting tape and he's doing all this other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is not for me. So <laughs> I switched gears and moved over to journalism. And, um, but you know, being in the in the clubhouse and being around players, uh, starting with the guys in the Brewer side, you know, Don Sutton uh, was a really good friend uh, initially. Right yeah. when I moved in there, uh, my first locker mates were Ted Simmons and Roy Howell. Uh, you know, Hoghead and Simba, as we officially, <laughs> officially called them, uh, and they were great to me. Ted Simmons really, uh, you know, kind of took me under his wing because uh, I was a pretty green guy yeah. uh, in that situation, and uh, he kind of taught me some things that uh, I needed to know, and he had his own unique language, which uh, <laughs> came from the movies, the Star Wars movies, and he just... You know, he would talk to me and use this gibberish language, and he'd look at me, and I'd kind of just nod my head in approval, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure, <laughs> until he would tell me, oh, no, 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 and I was like... You don't, no, you don't yeah, agree with you, that. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but be, yeah, we just have fun, and then he'd go, you know, light up a cigarette in the hallway and go, <laughs> go catch nine innings and get three hits. Yeah, so. exactly. And then he, he would tell me after the game to go get his car, because um, the cars were always parked outside the ballpark. Yeah. And, um, they didn't want to have to walk through the fans and everything to get to the cars because at the end of the night, these guys just wanted to go home. So they often send the Bat Boys out to get their cars. You know, and a lot of guys had cool cars. I was going to say, what did Ted Simmons drive? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, Chevy Citation. 
<laughs> that's great. Yeah. A gray Chevy, Chevy citation to the point where when I used to have to bring it back in, <laughs> we had to come through the uh, security thing, and you and know, they would, uh, and they would stop me, right? Be like, "What are you doing? This isn't uh, a Lincoln or yeah, a Cadillac what or whatever." So uh, this is Ted Simmons' car. They're like, <laughs> you, "What?" You know, <laughs> it reminds me of a time when, when we were playing at the Bradley Center, which obviously we shared with the Bucks. And this is when the Bucks players, they were all driving Mercedes and Bentleys. Yeah. And the first Escalade I ever saw was, was Tim that, Thomas, the former right? Buck. Yeah, yeah, that's the first Escalade I ever saw. And uh, very expensive cars. And <laughs> I was taken aback one day when a, she- a Ford, or not a Ford, a Chevy Astro minivan comes rolling <laughs> in. About 87, maybe 89. And this is, I mean, uh, probably 2005. You'd have to, you could look it up. And out pops... Uh, uh, Lindsay Thomas. Is that the guy's name? Lindsay Hunter? Lindsay Hunter. Thank you. Lindsay Thomas. I don't know who that is. Uh, Lindsay Hunter, point guard for the Bucks. Yeah. I think, and I think Lindsay Thomas works for us. Oh, yeah, maybe. LT, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, wasn't she on the fall guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, out he strolls in a Chevy Astro, and I said to somebody, I wish I could remember who it was, I said, What's up with that? He's like, well, you know, he's got like six kids out of wedlock, so <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's, he's paying a lot of money. So, uh, but that was uh, that was good. But the anyway. Chevy Citation—that's great because at the time, Ted Simmons is fourteen, fifteen years into his big league career. He's made some, at the time, mo- modest by today's standards, but he's made some money, right? And right. you know, en route to what should be a Hall of Fame career. It's hopefully, so. And yes. yeah, he's and, not in the uh, Hall of Fame yet. Huh? No, it's a yet. crime. It's yeah. a crime. But anyway, uh, that that's hilarious. Yeah. So then, you know, I got traded over to the uh, visiting clubhouse about uh, two months in. So I, I made him. You scratched that Simmons citation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you answered wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. You said he you probably asked you, "Do you want to be on the other side?" Yeah. And, he, and you said, "Yeah." <laughs> okay. So, so it was great on the other side because you got to meet every player in the American League. Sure. That was coming through, and uh, it was great to work with those guys and built some great relationships. You know, George Brett and Kirby Puckett and. Uh, Buddy Bell was great to yeah. work with, and uh, those guys were a lot of fun. You know, you could tell the teams that were used to winning, and like the Yankees, there was the Yankee way, yeah. and uh, um, then there was the Cleveland Indians. The, the, the Cleveland Indians way was very different than the Yankee <laughs> way. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, the Indians, yeah, they they're not the Indians of today. Oh. Indians of today, they they struggled. They struggled, but they had fun. Oh, they had fun. <laughs> you know, Burt Bly 11. And, In front uh, of the 2,200 fans at the, right. at the <laughs> old municipal, uh, municipal stadium. stadium. Yes, 80,000-seat stadium. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I think one of the funnest groups was the Twins uh, back in that day. You know, they were just starting to get to I was going to gonna say, and they're not that much older than you at this point no, either. No, no. Five, no. six, seven years older right. maybe, most you know, of them. Gary Gaetti and Ken Herbeck, um, you know, kind of getting into the heyday of their careers, getting ready to go, but – they like to have a good time, and one night on a Saturday night, they uh, after the game was over, they went out and had a, a few beers, maybe a few too many beers, and went back to their hotel room and decided to uh, fire up their tape recorder and recorded their farts for about an hour, <laughs> <laughs> which which was very entertaining. The, the play-by-play, you know, was was hilarious, and they brought the tape in the next day, and we played it in the locker room, and guys... <laughs> I don't know how the Twins were even able to play the game that night because they were everybody was rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing. You know, so, um, 
I think that was even before. That was before Tom Kelly. So I can't. Yeah, remember, I can't if, remember if who the then, manager would you, you had Billy Gardner or Ray Miller. Yeah, it was Bill. It was Billy Gardner. Billy Gardner. Back then, and even he was laughing. So I was <laughs> like, because that locker room, the, the visiting locker room at County Stadium was tiny. Yeah. And the manager was right in the room with with everybody else. With, yeah, the manager, and the coaches were all right there. The umpires' room was literally. Across the hall from the locker room, the met the visiting team's locker room, like maybe the size of this office, a ten foot walk, and you were in the umpires' room. Right. Really, so, doesn't, doesn't sound like an ideal situation. No, no. And if you know, if you had a situation with the umpires, did I mean I saw a couple of times where oh, there were bad. some calls and they had to, coaches had to pull managers away from going after umpires after right. after that. But uh, um, you know, really unique experience working in the uh, visiting clubhouse and. Just had a ton of fun, and uh, you know there was never, never a dull moment, and you know it was just just a great t- great time in my life. Yeah, what you you talk about the funny guys? How many times were you scared working in there? Not because you did did something wrong, that because guys are intimidating, right? I think you've talked about Reggie Jackson before. <laughs> Billy Martin is. Yeah. Did you have any run-ins with him? You know, Billy was great. Was he really? Yeah, Billy like. Billy was great until he until the game was over and he started having a couple of drinks. Then he got a little scary. Yeah, uh, like quickly. Yeah, and Tony Larusa, uh, he was with the White Sox right. at the time. He he was like he could not have been nicer. Yeah, you know it's it's very different than the way I think of Tony Larusa now with the Cardinals. Right, and, right. You know, um, one night Tony very, was reading a book in his locker after the game was over. And we had completely cleaned everything up. We'd done all the laundry. We'd mopped the floors. We Everything was ready for the next day. And Tony was still sitting in his locker in his uniform reading, reading a his book. book. And what he, was the book? I don't know. Ball four. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, I think it was – actually, I think it was entitled How to Reinvent the Game. I think that was <laughs> – <laughs> Are you joking? No. Or is, I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, so we, How come uh, we haven't heard this before? Turn, turn into a pompous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then – so we're all done. I mean, we're dressed. We're ready to go home, and he's still sitting there. So we went over, and we started flashing the lights. And he like, <laughs> like it's uh, 2 a.m. Yeah, bar time. It might have been, yeah. actually. And he uh, turned and looked, and he's like, oh, are you guys ready to go? <laughs> he goes – Oh, sorry. He goes, all right, hold on. I'll just be, I'll be ready in a minute. And he like, he goes, you don't need to wash this. I didn't get this uniform dirty. Don't don't wash anything. Just hang it back up. Like, okay. He goes, I'm not even going to shower. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so somebody had to give him a ride back to the hotel from there and then uh, whatever. But like, just, you know, really smart guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Reggie Jackson was terrifying. Yeah. You know, and we were, everybody was told ahead of time. Don't talk to Reggie because he's the maybe I don't want to say the preeminent player in the league at this time, but he's a major All Star, Mister October. Right. You know, right? Obviously, I had a candy bar. I mean, he was yeah. yeah he, shot, he was on the he sports was marketing. The queen. He was on the sports <laughs> marketing thing before a lot of guys. Yeah, absolutely, were. he had a good agent. Yeah, um, and one Reggie had done, uh, written a book, um, and. Bob Sullivan uh, was the Brewers equipment manager at the time. Calls me over and says, "Hey, could you go get Reggie to sign this book for me?" And I was like, "I don't know if he's going to do that." And he goes, "No, no, just tell him it's for me. He'll do it." So I was like, terrified. I literally, I'm scared to death yeah. because uh, I'd heard say, the stories. Say, Mister Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <all> like Tito. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I. Uh, 
so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll try. And I said, but if I'm harmed in this in any yeah. way, yeah. Uh, so I took the book over there, and I so I was like, well, if I'm going to ask him for a book, I'm going to ask him for a ball for me at the same time. <laughs> heck. So I went up to him, and he's sitting in his locker with his head down. And I said, uh, Reggie, would you mind uh, signing this book? It's for it's for Bob Sullivan, the Brewers equipment manager. And he he looks at me and he gives me the glare. And I'm like, oh, oh boy. I said, if you can sign it to Sully, because Reggie didn't want to sign anything that, unless it was personalized. Okay, yeah. And which is fine, no problem. So I he goes, rips it out of my hand, and takes the pen, and he writes whatever he's going to write in it. And then I said. It, would would you mind signing this ball for me? Yeah, like I'm really scared. I yeah. deserve it. <laughs> and I said, you can sign it to John Jaywood. That that's me. And he goes, so he takes the ball and he signs it. I still have that. That may be my prized possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got some cool stuff autographed during my time in the locker room, but that was like the thing because I had to really work to get that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then, well, and hype yourself up and yeah, <laughs> all right. of that, psych yeah. yourself out. Yeah. And, and then um, Reggie was DHing. And my cousin Rob was helping us out in the locker room because somebody couldn't be there today. So I said, Rob, you want to come and help out? And I said, whatever you do, don't talk to Reggie. <laughs> so Reggie's DHing. So he comes up after his last at bat. He's just hanging out in the clubhouse. Sure. And we, there was a hitting tee set up in there. And Reggie goes, hey, could you help me uh, put some balls on the tee? And to Rob. And so Rob's like going, sure. And he's putting balls in the teeth. So now Rob starts having a conversation with him. <laughs> and I'm like going, I'm going, Rob, back it off. Don't, Don't do talk that. to him, Rob. What are you doing? <laughs> so he, You're going to so get killed. Reggie proceeds to go out and get a hit the next time. But now Rob thinks that's because. Because of him? Was, yes. Yeah. So, Took yeah. him out of his slump. Yeah. But uh, and then, you know, Danny Jackson was a pitcher for the Royals. And he, uh, uh, he got lit up like a Christmas tree. He gave up like eight runs in an inning or an inning and a third. And. The uh, the walk from the dugout to the locker room was a pretty good walk. You had to walk up this long ramp, then up two flights of stairs to get back to the locker room. You could hear Danny coming, like a freight train, for the entire walk up there. He's screaming and F-bobbing and everything. Are you aware of what's going on? Are there TVs in the room? Radio. or in the radio. the radio on, okay. so we could hear. This is before every game was on television, and we could hear you know, the game, and... Uh, um, so we went and we turned the sound down on the radio and we hid for cover. Yeah, right. <laughs> went to the trainer's room and just kind of threw the cover. And it was a good thing because he came in and he started throwing stuff. He's throwing chairs. He's knocking over picnic tables. He's throwing steel garbage cans across the room. <laughs> and I'm just like going, oh my God. And finally it stops. There's like a, a calm. I have the hurricane. And I, yeah. So, Kind of walk and stick my head out and look, and it, it looked like a tornado had gone through there. And he uh, he went and, like, standing by his locker, and I go out, and I start, like, picking up a couple of chairs, and he, like, yells at me to stop. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I'll clean it up. I made the mess. I'll clean it up. I'm going, okay. So then this goes, he starts cleaning everything up about halfway through it. I said, I'll help you. And I'll, we finished it up, and... Stuff like that. He goes, I'm really sorry about that. I'm going, <laughs> okay. What do you, what do you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Don't do it again? Yeah. Your mom would be mad at you? Presented so. with a bill at the end. <laughs> <laughs> did give me a good tip. For did he really? Yes, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. So, uh, you know, players take their jobs very seriously. Yep. And when, it, like I said, when they time put the game face on, they put their game face on and they go do their jobs. 
you know, they have a good time the rest of the time because they're, they're in the ballpark a lot. Yeah, you, know, you have to be, absolutely. John Greenberg is joining us on the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Let's talk a little bit about what, to, what, you, expect, um, what you expect fans to expect this season. Well, I think our fans should expect us to continue our very, uh, the very high-end show that we're very proud to put on for people. It's the 50th year of the, of the team, and we've got a lot of really fun stuff planned uh, for them. Um, I think they should expect a good team. Uh, you know, coming off of last year's playoff uh, team, you know, the nice run we made to get in there and finally winning a couple of playoff games. Uh, I expect that you know we should have a good team here. We you know we're going to get a couple of good players from Nashville uh, at the end of this uh, training camp and uh, built with the team that we're going to have. And you know, guys like Connor Ingram getting traded from. Uh, uh, Tampa to here uh, to Nashville. You know, this is, we're gonna have two all-star goalies yeah. with Troy Grosdick and Connor Ingram. Not a lot of teams can say that, and I think that's gonna put us in a good position. Uh, the most important thing, as always, is that Nashville stays healthy uh, and that we stay healthy. And when those things happen, then a lot of really cool stuff could happen. Yeah. You know, um, historically we've gotten off to really good starts. And then something happens in the middle, and then we have really good finishes. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, yeah. So we got to figure out how to make the middle good. Uh, but you know, we're going to continue to have great concerts. We're going to wear a lot of specialty jerseys uh, this year to honor the 50th season. I know that those have been rolled out um, throughout the course of the last few months, and basically every jersey we've ever worn. I mean, every regular jersey, except the only one we're not wearing is the Fleur de Lis. Uh, jersey, which we have worn. And we, we did that. We did that one uh, five, six years ago, I think. I think that was about twelve or thirteen years ago. Well, I have one, so yeah. it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was, it was maybe six years ago, yeah. seven maybe. Oh, Ryan Ellis was on the team actually. So uh, six, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got we've uh, never done one. We've never done the the one that Admirals have used the longest in their history, which is the. Uh, I think he looks like Jay Leno, but no one ever calls him the Jay Leno one. The championship one, one. No, not that one. That one is oh, the, the one Jay, before. I'm the sorry, one before the one with that. the skating one. The one yes. with the skating guy who looks like Jay Leno. And blue with a white, with a red uh, ribbon, we're going to wear those uh, in March. And those are some of, you know, the, when you think of the heyday of Admirals hockey, uh, the Gino Cavallinis yeah. and the Ken Saburns and the Tony Herkuses of the world, if you, uh, you know, those are the jerseys, that's the jersey those guys wore. And, uh, you know, while we didn't win a championship in those like we did with the, the following one, people have a lot of uh, good memories and a lot of affinity for, for that jersey. Well, for that's sure. what they opened the Bradley Center with, right? right? That's, the, you know, yep. that's, that's the jersey we took uh, when we took a picture of the team, not the whole team, the cover of the Admirals program in 93-94 was on top of the Bradley Center. Right. And uh, these guys are wearing those jerseys, and then they're wearing sweatpants and penny loafers with <laughs> socks, with white cutoff socks. It's really a fashion statement. If you don't follow Admirals, if you don't follow Admirals history on Twitter, you should. You really should. It's a very cool thing you did there. Yeah, uh, really not, neat stuff. Right, not because it's all about me, even though we've sort of talked about that already in this podcast. <laughs> but it's, I mean, we've got so much rich, rich history to the organization, and you'll hear. Boy, we've got some great stories uh, for for everyone to hear coming up throughout the year. Um, and we're really excited about the season, just from a staff perspective. Yeah. You know, we're always excited for hockey to start, but this year is special because it is year 50. For sure. Here, here. It's going to be great. And uh, looking forward to making more memories and watching more guys, you know, 
make their road up to Nashville, and I expect Nashville to be good, yep. and I expect us to be good. So it should be another fun year for the organization, and I think our good friends in uh, in Florida uh, with the Everblades should have a nice team down there too. So hopefully, uh, um, wouldn't be wouldn't it be great to have three championships? It would in one be year? fantastic. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I don't think that it has. Um, there's been two. There's like been the AHL and uh, NHL, the Devil. I yeah. believe the Devils and uh, Albany River Rats in maybe '96, mid '90s, yeah, yeah, yeah perhaps, there, yeah, uh, did it. But I don't know that there's ever been a complete organizational sweep until this year. It's probably <laughs> probably going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. We got anything else we need to talk about? Well, that's I, a great segue, huh? Yep. <laughs> the hell else can we put into this bag? No, no, nothing, nothing. There's, there's nothing else. Anything else you would like to add, sir? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, no, I'm just excited all, about the uh, this podcast. I think this is uh, going to be a lot of fun during the course of the year. I'll be looking forward to listening to all these, and uh, it'll be fun when you get some guests on uh, uh, from around the world of hockey and entertainment and. You know, I think uh, you guys have to have Mike Wojciechowski on at some point. Yes. Because those stories will – you don't have enough time. We you, can, can have, you could do a whole That's David, the nice thing we is we have – You could do a whole David Frost thing there. Right. Just go <laughs> dinner, yeah. with, dinner with Wojo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have an entire podcast just on the 82-83 incident. Playoff series, yeah. Yeah, with Toledo. Uh, it's an incident, and I don't want to spoil it because he's the one that's got to tell it. Yeah. Well, you can read about it in the archives in the Milwaukee Journal and the Milwaukee Sentinel. Um, but when he comes on to tell that story, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. John, thanks for doing this. Thank you, guys. Thanks for doing this. Uh, that wraps it up. That wraps it up. We have exhibition games. If you're listening to this uh, after, we apologize. But if you're listening before, the 26th and the 28th. Yeah, and yeah <laughs> great they were, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, my favorite, it's the episode of The Simpsons. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, who's your, who you like? And then Mo covers his mouth, Atlanta Falcons. So you can't see <laughs> yeah. it. And they're playing the, uh, I don't know, remember who they were, Atlanta. Like Denver Broncos, right? <laughs> it's like, what? Um, but... Uh, so we're going to be uh, the two exhibition games, 7 o'clock on Thursday, uh, the 26th against Chicago, 6 o'clock Saturday, the 28th against Tucson, first ever meeting against the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, are we planning on doing them? Yeah, though you'll well? be able to listen to those, watch them on YouTube. Okay, so we'll do that. Uh, games For this free. year. free. This show, this podcast, will be available most of the time. A fresh one will come out on Thursdays is yep, the plan. This the plan. one came out earlier, but for the most part, it will come out on Thursdays. There will still be the regular Milwaukee Admiral Center Ice radio show coming out on Mondays at 5 p.m. on the Big 920 and on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, TV games, there will be some this year again. Nine of them. Nine games on my 24 this season. Uh, so there will be so many ways, and again. AHL TV. AHL TV. TV. We, of yeah, course, absolutely. we can't forget that. And that's still, what is it, 20 bucks a month, I think, is the plan they it just is, rolled out? You could also uh, buy the whole season of uh, Admiral's Games for like $59. So $59.99, you get the whole year. Uh, and I think $79.99, you can watch the whole league. Everybody. Right, yeah. Okay. Yep. So there you so go. So you're ready to watch a little Springfield Bridgeport. Oh, you yeah. could do that. Theahl.com, and you can go off of that and, and find but what you nice need to do for AHL TV. But the nice part about that, the reason you want to do that is not because you want to watch Springfield uh, – 
and Bridgeport Live, but when you look on there and they have two, a combined 276 penalty minutes, right, right. you, you can, can go, go back, back and, and you out. can see the guy who you know spears the guy yeah. who then cross-checks the referee, and because we do that here in the office. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Not, it's not all work around here. But that cross-check is the guy who spears the referee? Uh, I <laughs> think it was the speared the guy who cross-checked the referee. Okay. Yeah. They showed, by the way, uh, since Dustin Bufflin is in limbo in yeah. his career, um, he fought Cody Bass in the first game in Winnipeg. When oh, they went right? back to Winnipeg, uh, and th- that was online, yeah. And I guess I didn't realize that, but that's kind of what opened up the Jets 2.0 was Dustin Bufflin fighting, fighting Cody Bass. Columbus Blue Jackets forward Cody Bass. Wow. Boy, I cannot imagine uh. taking a punch from Dustin <laughs> I can't imagine taking a punch from anybody. Anybody. Especially Cody Bass. Yeah. But Cody, uh, I mean, it would probably get that 70 pounds. Dustin He's Bufflin's a big dude. Hum- Dustin Bufflin, Bufflin is, is humongous. Big, big dude. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we, we did that sidetrack thing. Uh, <laughs> that's so what podcasts are about. <laughs> that's what it is about, yes. Uh, we do have a bit of a plan. Uh, so we told you all of these things, where you can find this. Uh, Thursdays, you'll be able to hear the, a fresh podcast. Mondays, uh, beginning the 30th of September, we'll be on uh, the Big 920 with the radio show, and then all the games can be heard on the Big 920. Thank you all for doing this. This is great. Absolutely. Number one. If we need to find a name for this, people yes. need to let Charlie oh, yeah. know. If you, if, you, if you have an idea. Yep. Email me, clarson at milwaukeeadmirals.com. All right. We're going with the working title, Milwaukee Admirals Podcast, but we will... Which is uh, the lamest podcast title ever until no, we get a good one. No, it's not the lamest. Yeah, it's not the lamest. There are some that are pretty bad. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, and, and, and maybe three of the people listening in this audience, they, they run that one. Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, that's it. We will wrap it up, and we'll, uh, we'll do this again in the very near future. We'll see you at the rink.